0: This is Bren, covering the Pac-12. I'm Mark, I'm covering the Big Ten. And together we make the and Given Saturday CFB podcast, giving you live, up-to-date information, week recaps, and week previews for the weeks to come.
1: Hey, and welcome back in. It has been a while since we've done this, uh, but such is the offseason. Uh, not a lot of news coming in, and then all of a sudden, it seems like over the last two weeks, a bunch of news is coming in, but... Before we get into that, first of all, Brennan, how you been, brother? Uh, I've been doing pretty good.
0: I just finished up my summer semester, um, and now I'm just going to probably work, and then uh, in a couple weeks, going to head back down to Texas and uh, see Courtney again before school starts. How about yourself?
1: Uh, I've been hanging in there, uh, just doing work, uh, getting ready. I just came back from Phoenix. By the way, if any of you guys are wondering, Phoenix is still hot as shit, so uh i went down there saw some family it was nice to see them uh got to be there during the suns finals run so that was kind of cool kind of a disappointing end to that but i mean different sport different story so you know it, it was it was cool it was cool to see the valley come together and watch the suns make a run at the championship but other than that i think they were up to zero weren't they yeah we were up to zero and then we lost four straight um uh, they kind of just keyed, yeah. They just kind of keyed in on our offense, and we weren't able to stop Giannis in the paint. So, I mean, it was what it was, but it was still really cool. It's actually the first time since two thousand one I've seen my team in the championship. So, that was kind of cool. What was that Steve Nash? No, uh, two thousand one when the Diamondbacks won the series. I mean, oh. the, Card- the Cardinals were in the Super Bowl, but I wasn't really that big of a Cardinal fan at the time. It's um, understandable, you know it is what it is but yeah uh you so see big... they making a kurt warner movie <laughs> yeah dude that thing looks cheesy as hell <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad <laughs> no i haven't seen
0: the preview i just saw the photo of the guy that's playing him in no, his there... like uniform and his flat jacket like looks like he looks all messed up it looks yeah, pretty no, bad
1: the, the previews look pretty cheesy it looks like a cheesy ass movie but um so yeah getting into this news uh what we're gonna talk about today? Well, before we start, before we start here, let's uh,
0: let's make sure people know how to get a hold of us. So uh, you can find our podcast on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, uh, I believe Amazon Podcasts, and um, all the other major um, podcasting platforms. Uh, <clears throat> you can find us on Facebook at any given Saturday CFB. Uh, give our page a like. Go ahead and leave a comment. You go ahead and send us a message. Whatever you want to do. Uh, we're on Instagram also. Any given Saturday CFB. And then Twitter at NECFB. Um, we're kind of poor at running our social media, but we are there. And uh, if you <laughs> do send us a message or a tweet or something, we will get back to you. Um, and then yeah, also, our, face- if you got our Facebook
1: it- page definitely doesn't lie. We are very responsive to messages. Very responsive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think with the side note, I think with Facebook, I think if you get a
0: message on uh, Facebook, it goes to like Instagram, or if you get, a, I don't know how that, all that is, but anyways Uh, and then uh if you got any questions or want to reach out to us anyway um you can email us at any given saturday cfb at gmail.com and uh usually i'm pretty responsive when uh, we get emails and back and forth
1: mark does not have the email set up i dude i have too many emails going on with work and personal that brennan usually handles our email so um, any business ventures or just any comments about the show go ahead and drop a line and Brendan will happily take care of that and
0: yeah it's 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 pretty easy actually uh once I got the gmail app downloaded because as soon as we get something it'll uh, like give me a notification otherwise I I probably wouldn't check it very often but um, yep. it, yeah so, so,
1: I don't know man I want to jump right in this this part of the news has absolutely captivated me so we're gonna be going over a few things. Obviously, spring ball is kind of the hot topic right now with our program, spring ball wrapping up, going into fall ball, getting ready for camps and getting ready for the start of the season next month. Um, Nebraska just hired a new athletic director, and then we're just going to kind of take a look at what the season's going to look like with all the uncertainty, which is actually what I want to lead off with, with this whole – we don't really cover the Big 12 or the SEC, but I think this is huge news in college football in general, and i kind of tie it back to our conference of – Texas and Oklahoma has reached out, and is talking about leaving the Big 12. Um, I have read up extensively on this, and the reason is, um, is they're trying to align a super conference with the SEC. So it would be the very first 16-team super conference if this happens. The announcement is expected tomorrow, Monday, the 26th. The official announcement is expected that Texas and Oklahoma will be leaving the Big 12. There's articles that I've read that they're going to wait until 2025 when their contract is up with the Big 12 for media rights. Um, but there's also thoughts that they'll start competing in the SEC as soon as 2022. Um, yeah, they, and the way that'll work is if they do leave the Big 12 conference and go to the SEC next year in 2022, the Big 12 will still hold those media rights. So they'll still hold the, the TV rights and everything like that but they will compete in the sec and the way this kind of ties back to us is if they go to a 16 team super conference the big 12 is going to basically dissolve because their biggest team will be kansas state now and they're That'd going to dissolve that or iowa state kansas state depending on what sport you know because they're not just talking about leaving for football they're talking about leaving all together um kansas is talking about coming to the big 10 Iowa State's talking about coming to the Big Ten. Kansas State's talking about going to, like, the Mountain West Conference or something like that. So there's so much uncertainty, but they're trying to align the four super conferences and supersede away from the NCAA. Uh, is basically, like, the overall goal. And Oklahoma and Texas are the first dominoes to fall to create this four super team. And the NCAA, student athletes, all that shit would go away. And now we'd start looking at, Almost a professional status for these universities. Uh,
0: uh, I, the NCA will never go away, just for the fact the uh, the the legality that they have and what they cover for the schools. That uh, a school having to, to deal with that or pay for the lawyers and all that would definitely be um, pretty harsh. Like there's a there's no really way that a conference would would want to separate from the NCA as much as they say so and as shitty as the NCA is. The NCA Covers a lot of the legalities and stuff like that for them, so yeah. they don't have to really stress about it. But I, I think the the biggest thing with this is, um, if you're Lincoln Riley, you've got to be real hesitant and pretty, I, I would say, pissed off that your school is is trying to leave this conference because once you get in the big, or once you get into the SEC, my my bad, uh, you're not gonna win the conference. So there goes your automatic bid to the the playoff that you've
1: had since it's been around. Yeah, but you got to think about the money, um, you know, because that's yeah, what a lot I'm of these. I thought, one second. Can I have a piece? Thank you. My wife just made banana bread. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, You know, you start thinking about the money. And going over to the SEC, they're going to make more money because the SEC has a backdoor deal with ESPN. I don't even think it's a backdoor deal anymore. I think it's pretty relevant, prevalent, my bad, of the money that, ESPN dumps into the SEC. So there you go. You have that money. It's the same reason Nebraska left the big 12. The big 12 doesn't have money. They don't have the deals. You know, they created the longhorn network, which is probably the stupidest thing the big 12 ever did. Um, Well, and even then the longhorn network is a, an affiliate of the ESPN network, which is Disney. So it just, all the stars are aligning. I think Texas to the SEC is a foregone conclusion. I think if Oklahoma goes, yeah, you're, you're going to have to fight the likes of Alabama and um, Florida and Georgia down there to win the conference, but you know with the expansion of the college football playoff to 12 teams, I don't think you're too worried about conference titles if you're focused on a national title because all you got to do is you got to get into the dance. It's just like college basketball. Yeah, but
0: there, there's no way that that Oklahoma and Texas are beating Alabama, Georgia. Florida, Texas A and M, like they're they're going to be the bottom of the barrel. Like there's there's no I, way that
1: no, there they won't be no bottom of the barrel because they're still going to play Missouri, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Texas A and M. They're still going to play those bottom dwellers. Yeah, in but that Texas A and
0: going to beat them.
1: No, Texas A and M will not beat Texas. Or
0: yes, Texas is not I that think the- good.
1: Well, okay, you put Texas in the SEC, and now they have access to all those recruits in the SEC, those people in Texas that are leaving. That doesn't change anything, though. Like it. Yes, it does. You're not telling me that some kid wants to go play for the Texas Longhorns in the SEC and play the likes of Alabama every year? That's the reason once, that I... the SEC gets recruits. That's the reason Vanderbilt has a football program. It's because they're in the SEC. If Vanderbilt was in the it's... Big Ten, they'd be a Division II football team. Are you kidding me? The SEC – People just they want to go to the SEC to, to say they played in the SEC. They go to a school to
0: play for the competition. That's why people pick Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, because they know they're going to be playing the top-of-the-line competition.
1: They don't go to a school for the conference. You're yeah, not, but you're you're you gonna, put Texas down there, all of a sudden, now you're going to have those kids that are leaving Texas to go play for Alabama being like, hey, I'll stay home. I'm still going to play in that big conference and have a chance at the big lights. Yeah, but they'd I be think, going
0: to Texas A&M.
1: No, I don't think so, because Texas A&M isn't as big of a brand as University of Texas. It's not as big okay, as— Okay, the know, brand
0: is not, but the, the no, school's when you talk records about the top, in the past—
1: If you talk about the top 10 brands in college football, Texas is in the conversation. Oklahoma is in the conversation. USC, Nebraska, Alabama, Georgia, Florida. You know what I mean? Those are blue blood programs. That's why, and- you know, when we were talking about this and we were texting, and you're like, well, the SEC has to vote them in are like, are you kidding me? And those two will get voted in unanimously. I think there will be one holdout, Texas a and They don't want them in the conference because they're going to lose recruits to them. But- they're not
0: going to lose any recruits. To, all right, Texas is already recruiting at a pretty high level right now. It doesn't matter what conference they're in. It matters if they're going to win. People want to win or they want to go for academic prestige. Those are like the two main reasons. Along, And then the third one is closeness to home, depending on how, how you are. It has nothing to do with your conference. Otherwise, the Mountain West or the – uh, whatever one Cincinnati's in, I can't remember what was it the AAC? AAC? Yeah, the uh, Atlantic American. I don't know. Yeah, some, something like that. The American
1: that. Conference, I think, is what. Yeah.
0: Those. Otherwise, those conferences wouldn't get anybody. It's 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 not going to change anything. If anything, it's going to make those schools worse because they're just going to get beat by more teams. Whereas in the Big Twelve, you have a pretty, you know, it's it's pretty steady, and then your top dog is Oklahoma. Like that. It's okay, not so- like a. ACC-type top dog were right. Clemson, and then way below them is everybody else. But Oklahoma one, is running that conference.
1: The one point I'm surprised you're not bringing up, and I'm kind of going against my own point here, but it's something that I was thinking about the other night, is look at all the teams that have transferred, you know, like the big schools that have transferred to different conferences, i.e. Nebraska to the Big Ten, uh, Texas A&M and Missouri down to the SEC, Colorado to the Pac-12. Which team has had success? None of them. So, do you think there will be a fall off if these teams? Me personally, I don't think Oklahoma that's what I've been talking off. about. Right, but what I'm saying is, I'm trying to help you out here because you're you're not making any points. Is I think it's solid <laughs> points. Do you think Oklahoma has a fall off? And not I'm not talking like they lose one or two more games a year. Do you think that they end up like Nebraska, where they're just in dire straits, where the university is now? At one point, we're a championship-caliber team in more than one sport. Now they're searching for an identity. We're clinging to I, a baseball team that can't even get out of the first round of the regionals, and we're celebrating I think,
0: that. I think it, it it really depends on what it, – it depends on If the conference stays how it is where there's an east and the west, and it depends on where they end up because – Everything that I've seen – I don't speaking I don't on know that, how
1: – Before you move forward, speaking on that – on the alignment, they're talking about a pod system. It'd be four pods, four teams each, is actually what the SEC is discussing when it comes to how they would align that sixteen team conference, by the way. They do it's it's weird. Four basically creating their own league where you have four pods, four teams, and then almost I think the discussion is is a four team playoff for the SEC, believe it or not.
0: I, I think that it, it's getting kind of I, – I think it's getting out of control with this whole thing. I think um, that no matter how the SEC feels about the NCAA, that you you got to think about it. Like there There's so many there, – just alone last year, Tennessee had the huge McDonald's bag thing with, with Pruitt. Yep. It, once you kind of open the floodgates and you separate from the NCAA, you're just going to allow for pretty much the Wild Wild West to go through. Well, you know, now you've got
1: the name, image, and likeness rules, you know? Well, I, um, I
0: understand that, and I, I'm, I'm for that, but I think that it was yeah. set up in a very poor way because the NCAA, instead of actually trying to help the, the collegiate athletes, it just said, you know what? Yep, you can do it. You're on your own. Like it, it, there, There's no way to, to take the wolves mm-hmm. away from the sheep. Well, you, you're just.
1: I, I don't you, agree you with know, you on that. I, I think the way they set it up is perfect. The NCAA no. is – no, the NCAA doesn't want to get involved with it. And they're like, you know wait, what? You want to make money? Go ahead. You figure. it Wait, out. wait
0: till a couple years down the road when the when these star college players get into the the big leagues and they uh, realize that their agent that that was said it was going to be good is end up taking all of his money and, and putting it towards
1: well, uh, old boy, at that Alabama, the quarterback at Alabama. I can't remember his name right now. Tui, attack, uh, uh, not to uh, Bryce Young. Uh, yeah, Bryce Young. Uh, his stuff came out and they said that he is going to be making well over seven figures this year. See, I'm, I'm not all saying for it. that
0: that's, I'm not I'm saying that they shouldn't it. make money. I, I think they should make money, but I think the NCA should have made a system to where it, it's like, okay, like these agents and sports agents are trusted. They've gone through, you know, no, because check.
1: that's the system they've had for years. And look, they've been exploiting these players for billions of dollars. That over is not these the years. system
0: they've had because you can't get an agent until you enter the draft.
1: Right, but now, like, the whole reason this was made is because these student-athletes are like, NCAA, like, this was their argument. We don't want you involved outside of the 50-yard line. Like, once we step off the field, we do not want the NCAA involved in what we do and how we make money. So the NCAA was like, okay, bet. Yes, is there going to be growing pains? Absolutely. But I think when it comes down to it, all together, to make college sports better, I think there needs... There needs to be, like what we talked about, just like the NFL, there needs to be one commissioner, one singular voice. And they need to get rid of the governing body of the NCAA when it comes to sports. I really believe that. And the fact I, that they're, I, the NCAA is not getting involved with the NIL is incredible because, I mean, you have players. I don't, are think, out there I don't think I don't think the NCAA
0: needs to be involved. I think that they should have been a setup system a lot better. They've had years to plan for this. And instead of doing something, <laughs> they just say, nope, here you go. There's no yeah. training, no proper guidance or anything. Like you're just gonna be out to the wolves. Like I said, I'm all for these people making money. I think you should make money. It's your body, it's your name, and it's your it's your freaking image. So there's no reason why you shouldn't make money off of that. But to just be like, here's here's an open market for you guys. Cause think about how many of these people come from from no money or very little money, and now they're gonna have you know millions of dollars or hundred thousand dollars flash in their face and they're just gonna take the the first deal they get they don't understand you know they're not gonna understand like hey I should probably try to counter offer this or work to uh, you know see if this is actually gonna be like a legitimate contract later on or if they're just trying to screw me over
1: yeah All right. well we're getting off track man we're- <laughs> We went from talking about super conferences to name, image, and likeness. Well, to go
0: all right. So go back to the super conference. If the SEC stays in the East and the West, I think it's gonna. I think the biggest thing with the drop-off thing is it's gonna determine that is where they put those two teams. I think 100% there's gonna be a drop-off because, like I said, the Big 12 is not the same competition as the SEC. I'll tell you so, what, though.
1: The one thing I am excited about in in this is that if Oklahoma and Alabama are in the same division. I hope that they set up that game in late November, early December, and they have a freaky cold day in Oklahoma and we finally get to see Alabama play football in a cold weather. That's what I'm excited for, and that's what I want to see. I want to see Oklahoma or Alabama play in the snow. I want to see Alabama play on a frigid day. It doesn't get that frigid in Oklahoma that often, but when it does, it's cold as shit. And That's, that's not going to happen, for. though. That's the, the what I'm SEC,
0: excited for. The SEC has been very smart with Alabama. And their top teams. They don't let their top teams go to terrible, terrible situations because they know, hey, there's no need for this team to go and, and play this game at Ohio State in the middle of the winter. It makes no sense. You, Alabama's your top dog. They're going to stay your top dog for a reason. You don't need to put them in a worse situation than they already are. Yep. That, I, and like no, going, I agree.
1: I don't think the SEC will ever let it happen, but there's sometimes it just – It'd be nice. The scheduling happens. The, you know, maybe a freak winter storm comes through, and all of a sudden Alabama has to play in Oklahoma on a frigid October night. I think that would be incredible. I would be
0: They'd still stomp
1: them. I don't think so. I don't think they'd stomp them. Alabama's never played in those.
0: Yeah, but Oklahoma, I don't think, has even ever come close to beating Alabama. No, they haven't. Well, I mean, yeah, we could probably go back, like,
1: 40 years and find a game that Oklahoma beat Alabama. Well, okay, Alabama, yeah, in the, in the
0: playoff system, Oklahoma has not no. come close to being Alabama. And that, that's no. what I'm saying, though. It's I like, don't even think in the BCS
1: look, era they've even uh, –
0: Yeah,
1: cause, No, well, cause no, at, Oklahoma beat LSU, my bad.
0: Because you got to look at, uh, you know, look at that. Alabama's the top dog of the SEC, and Oklahoma doesn't even come close to to, to touching them. Georgia is right beneath them, and then you have Florida, and you have Texas A&M who is rising right now. There's just – Oklahoma It was the top dog of the Big 12, should stay in the Big 12 just because of that because it's going to guarantee them a bid to the college football playoff because nobody's going to beat them in that conference. Texas is even worse than Oklahoma. They had a terrible season last year, and it's only going to be worse. So I I don't think that those teams will benefit – very much and I looked at the distribution and they made 34.5 million last year from the Big 12 and it looks like this last year the SEC only distributed 23 million dollars to its 14 schools so I don't understand the money aspect of it because yes the SEC has all these deals but in reality you're probably going to make more money in the Big 12 because you're going to be the highlighted teams like you're the Big 12's money pusher and so the big 12 is going to put money back, you know, they're going to pitch you in the spots to make money. Whereas you go to the sec and you're just like another Vanderbilt, Missouri, like no one really gives a shit about you. You're just going to kind of be there.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll make this one last point and then we'll move forward with our next topic is I let, like, you know, like I opened this this whole thing up with is I think that there's an ulterior motive there. I think that the NCAA and the sec and the big 12 are trying to create these four super conferences, just for tv rights and then you know if we go back we start talking about uh the college football playoff expansion to 12 teams you know 12 12 teams four super conferences you take the top three from each you know now now we start talking about where these motives for a super conference are coming from and i don't know like call me a, a chaotic or however that word goes but i want to see it happen just to see the college football landscape you know give me something to read about because yeah. this offseason has actually up until this news broke has been pretty pretty boring uh, with news about college football other than the name image and likeness coming out the college football video game coming back and then now this there's a big three stories other than that there hasn't really been much um uh, but speaking of the next big topic um that I want to get into is uh, Bill Moose announced uh, about two weeks ago that he was going to be stepping down as the athletic director at Nebraska and went into a frenzy for about three or four days trying to find a new athletic director, and then Trev Alberts was announced as the new athletic director of Nebraska. What do you think of the hiring? Uh,
0: I haven't actually followed this. I just saw the, – the one thing that I uh, – um, Kinda was was amazed with with the story was the fact that Moose didn't attend any sporting events. I don't know if you read that read about that, but he had not been to any sporting events, and then he would just send people from his office to go to them, mm-hmm. to like be his thing. I I I didn't know that, and I thought that was pretty insane. It looks like uh, Trev Alberts was a former football player, which is a ter- that alone doesn't sound like it's gonna be a very good hire.
1: Yeah, he was uh, he was on the 1994 team, won a national championship with the team. Um, and then he went to the NFL. He got hurt. Uh, he was a defensive player, by the way. He was a linebacker. Uh, he yeah, got I hurt. He got hurt up in the NFL, and then he pursued a career and ended up becoming the athletic director at the University of Nebraska of Omaha. He was the athletic director over there at UNO. Um, under his tenure, though, the football program and the wrestling program were scratched, and I think that's his one hit that Scott Frost there, is yet to come out and talk about. Uh, he refuses. Their, their to hockey talk about team,
0: it. though, their hockey team, though, for UNO is is really good.
1: Yes, the the Omaha hockey team is really good. The wrestling I can't team what was, called. Uh, or the Mavericks. There we um, go, yeah. The how do you not know that man? Your girlfriend went to UNO.
0: Yeah, well, that's all I know about the hockey team, idiot. Jesus. I don't, I don't remember the freaking mascot.
1: Well, they also had an incredible. The crazy thing about the wrestling, like if you ever get a chance, man, because I know you like college sports, you know, dive into this story. This is an incredible story. Um, actually, doesn't paint our new AD in a good picture. Is that when he was the athletic director at UNO, they cut the wrestling program. They called them right after they won a national championship and said this program is being cut. sounds like Stanford. Huh?
0: That sounds like the Stanford incident that happened literally this last year. And then uh, they got so much uh, retaliation for it that they reinstated the the program.
1: Yeah. No, no, exactly. But they never – I don't know if they reinstated the wrestling program. I haven't read that far in. Not a big University of Nebraska Omaha fan, but – yeah, it's uh, it's
0: never a, a good thing to hire a former football player for from your school. Like I get it, like UNO and UNL are you know technically different campuses, but it's the yeah. same school.
1: It's the same school, yes. It, so it, it's it it it's makes the same school different, like because you also got University of Nebraska Wesleyan and University of Nebraska Kearney. So yeah, there's four different campuses, but UNL is where this you know where the program is. But yeah, I it's it's I um you know I'm excited about it. He's saying all the right things. Scott Frost likes him, but that's never a good sign because, you know, if you look back at the history of our podcast, I am a huge Scott Frost supporter. I hope Scott Frost works out, but I don't want him to have a free pass. I don't want him to have an athletic director that's just going to let him do his thing and keep accepting mediocrity because he's Scott Frost. You know what I mean? Um, And the fact that Trev Alberts has already went on record saying Scott Frost is our head coach, I'm like, that's – not a good sign because scott frost can just sit there and collect his seven eight million dollars a year and post a five and seven record and be happy with it you know what i mean so yeah
0: just just from usc from you know the past you know 10 plus years uh they went uh, longer than that actually they, they've hired nothing but uh former football players and it has done nothing but hurt them and they finally got an actual ad this last you know a couple years ago with uh mike bone and it, it's it's done nothing but help everything around the athletics so i I'm just not a big advocate of hiring somebody who's only you know experience before he did it was uh a football player at your school so i, I, yeah. I you know I guess you know like you said he was the a d at UNO but that is a very small school and very small and in, in you know comparison to UNL.
1: Um, yeah, going from UNO to University of Nebraska playing, you know, for the Huskers is, you know, that's that's a big jump. There's a lot of expectations yeah. and a lot of pressure on you when you take over that program to make the right decisions at the coaching positions and the facilities. And, you know, there's a lot going on on the campus. There, yeah, um, there,
0: there's, a, there's a huge amount. And, you know, you, you you know, Grant, I, I don't really know the AD history at Nebraska, but You would think that Moose would have like actually thought this out better and looked for somebody that was either like, you know, next in line at another school to be an AD or like an AD at like, you know, a lower level division one school and try to try to grab them like, you know, somebody at uh, like a a Rutgers or uh, West Virginia or, you know, some, some smaller, I guess, you know, those aren't really like smaller schools, but someone kind of like you know, lower than, than you on the totem pool when it comes to. Yeah,
1: one of the names that came out that I was really upset that wasn't even mentioned in the search. Um, this actually came – this is fan boards I've been talking about. I don't even know if he wanted the job, but Frank Solich retired. Uh, if you guys know anything about Frank Solich, he was a head coach at Nebraska right after Tom Osborne. He was an assistant under Tom Osborne. Took Nebraska to the 2001 National Championship uh, and where we got boat raced by Miami. And then he ended up getting fired and he went and took the job at Ohio and he was a coach at Ohio. He's the winningest coach in that conference's history. He took him to millions of bowl games. I think he took him to like twelve out of thirteen bowl games or something like that. And he retired right when Bill Moose announced his retirement and we're like, yo, let's go get Frank. And let's let's you know, Frank Solich should be our athletic director, but See, I don't know. I'm not.
0: I wouldn't be a huge fan of that either. Really.
1: Why? I mean, Tom Osborne did it, and Tom Osborne almost had Nebraska back up at the level that we were at. You know, we were winning yeah, ten you... games a season. He had the right guy in there. He had I underst- Bo police. I, underst- I understand
0: that, but like, as an AD, you're not just looking at football. You're looking at every sport, including the Olympic sports. And so, yes, a football head coach can manage a group of people as a football team. But you want someone that actually understands the ins and outs of an athletic department, especially for a big school like that. Because if you hire somebody that doesn't, I'm telling you, you can look at USC's past—you know, 20 years. It doesn't pay well to you. Like the only reason why early USC, early 2000s USC was good it was because they just got lucky with Pete Carroll. He was like, I think he was the third choice, and he just happened to be an outstanding coach. Otherwise, I
1: mean, it would be. That's since the 90s that they'd other, be losing. No, that's fine at any other school, but let's be real. At Nebraska, there's only one team. Like the basketball team, the baseball team, the wrestling team, all those other teams, they fill the void until football season. Yes, right. I
0: understand that. But you, ha- you have to, even though you, f- you feel that way, you still have to, you know, manage those teams and give them the right funding and then, you know, all that. So if you have someone that has no experience with athletic departments – it doesn't pay well for you because not only are you managing that, but you got to do funding for your, your, you know, your teams and stuff like that. And then you've got to do the schedules and all that stuff. And it's just, I would rather have somebody that has athletic department background just because like I keep saying, USC went without that. And it was fucking awful for a very long time because not only that, but then, you know, if they're a well-respected athlete, then you get excited at that point. But then, you know, when they start losing and they don't talk to anybody and they start kicking people out, it makes, it just, it makes for a very shitty situation. And then it it just ruins their, uh, I guess, historic value to the, the, the nostalgia. I can't say that word. Nostalgia yeah. to their school, because now they're ending on a, a terrible note, like Pat Hayden and Lynn Swan, who were, superstars and then they were fucking god-awful athletic directors and that's what well, i think, re- remembered
1: well i think what's gonna help uh what i think's gonna help trev alberts is he's coming in nebraska has the most talented roster on the football program in scott frost's tenure they have the top recruiting class in basketball ever seen we finally have a real coach in baseball uh, we went to the regionals this year won the conference we were big 10 champions this year Um, the wrestling program is good as usual. The volleyball program is the number one team in the nation. So all the teams are lining up to have big years at Nebraska, um, or at least improve and build on success. But you know, what happens when Nebraska posts a four and eight season in football or in basketball, they don't get another winning record. Is Fred Hoiberg out? Is Scott Frost out? If Nebraska baseball doesn't, Take off to the next level and go to the super regionals or even the World Series is Will Bolt on the hot seat? You know, is is Trev it Alberts? Makes no sense
0: why why Nebraska isn't like always contending to at least be in like you know the the Final Four. Or the I, I don't I don't really know I understand how uh, the baseball thing works, but like how Nebraska isn't contending to be like one of the last eight teams because it's in your freaking state. Like,
1: well, you got the College World Series in your state. There's a history of our baseball teams being good. Um, And, you know, we got a good coach in. We got Will Bolt in. um, The head coach over at Arkansas Baseball is, he's an old alumni of Nebraska. So there's a lot of history of Nebraska greats um, in baseball. So, yeah, it doesn't make sense. I think we just had the wrong coach, and now Will Bolt came in his first year, took us to regionals. So a lot of optimism across all Nebraska sports. Now, can Trev Alberts capitalize on that and keep the right people in position and get people out when need be? Like, I'm gonna be the first one to say it this year on this podcast because you haven't even said it yet, so I'm gonna take credit. If Scott Frost doesn't go to a bowl game, I think he should be fired. I, I think we've given him enough time. This is his I've, fourth season. This is four years. I think
0: in. I said like two years ago that he should be fired. Well, two years I ago 7%. I was still
1: drinking the Kool Aid. All right, give me a break, boy. Okay. <laughs> I-, I think I,
0: I think I've I brought this up almost every postseason that I mean before even before the podcast about like he just doesn't perform to the level that he did at UCF.
1: No, and I mean he got lucky at UCF. I mean we all know the McKenzie Milton story. Um by the way, good luck to McKenzie Milton down at Florida State. Um we all know that story about how he was just an incredible athlete. But like I said, he does if he can't get Nebraska to a bowl game and post a winning record this year. And it's going to be tough. We have a tough schedule. You know, we got Oklahoma. And then right before the Oklahoma game, we got Buffalo. And don't sleep on Buffalo. They'll put up 300 yards rushing on you before the first half. Um, you know, it's – and then, of course, we have Ohio State. Thanks, Big Ten. So, it, it's not going to be an easy year. But, you know, he has to find a way to win seven, eight games this year. If he does not win seven or eight games, I think – I think the the – murmurs across Husker Nation and be like, Look, Scott, we love you. Glad that you brought us our last national championship, but you are not our head coach. You gotta go. And we gotta go out there and find somebody like a Lincoln Riley or a um, old boy out of Clemson. I can't remember his name, the head coach out there, but just a young uh, Davo Sweeney? Davo Sweeney. Just a young recruiting, offensive minded head coach to come into Nebraska and change the culture because it's been seven years since we've won a bowl game. Last bowl game we won was 2015 against UCLA. Last time we had a winning record was, what, 2016? And no, it wasn't even that. 2015 we had a losing record when we won the bowl game. We were 5-7. and seven. So, it's – something's got to change in Nebraska football. And, you know, getting a new AD might be it. Bill Moose, he obviously was just there for the retirement check. See that now looking back. You never went to a sporting event, never did anything. So
0: Yeah, I just thought that was really weird. Like it is weird. You're, like you're an A D, like you should that should be like the one thing. I mean, you don't have to go to every single game, but at least go to like a couple. At least
1: make an appearance. Yeah. Show the program I, that you're there to be the athletic director, not just the guy that makes the schedules and sends out the emails on Sundays. So I don't know. Maybe Trev Alberts will be good, maybe he'll be bad. Who knows? It can't get any fucking worse. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, can. I mean, it can't I can't get worse.
0: Think, I don't think Bill Moose was like a terrible AD. It just really struck me as, aw- as odd when I found out that he didn't go to any
1: games. Like, well, he obviously wasn't good. I mean, <laughs> what did what, well, if, yeah. what did the football program do while he was the head coach? Nothing. They didn't improve. They did nothing. So. You know, there's got to be a change, and you know, as long as Bill Moose was the athletic director, Scott Frost is going to be the head coach. So, I'm hoping Trev Alberts doesn't use the good old boy system and keep Scott Frost in his back pocket. But who knows? He's an old football player, so he probably will keep him in his back pocket. But
0: yeah, it's 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 his first year is gonna is he's going to use it as an excuse. So I mean, you already know that's going to happen.
1: Well, I agree with that because I don't want to end up in another buyout situation where we're still paying Bo Pelini. Um yeah. I mean uh, Scott Frost at, uh, I think has 3 years left on his contract so uh, Like
0: uh uh Gus Melzon literally got fired at, and think it was like a $20 million buyout and then within like a couple of months of being fired he picked up another job at Oh where did it go? Gus
1: Oh, I have no idea but no, I don't I don't want to see a situation where we're paying Scott Frost for the it, rest of his life.
0: He's a coach at UCF now.
1: <laughs> Ironic.
0: So literally, he he made twenty million dollars just to leave, and now and now he's getting paid again to be a coach. Like it's Go get being that a head paper. coach has got to be awesome. You yeah, suck dude. Terribly.
1: And still get you're paid. you paid to leave. Yeah, I wish I wish real life worked that way, man. So yeah, it's, right. it's insane. Well, Trev Alberts, welcome to Husker Nation. I hope that you get nebraska football back on the right track i'm tired of being ashamed to be a husker fan even though i'm still proud but let's be real it's kind of hard to be a husker fan right now so all right well good looking back at uh at spring football and looking at all these practices and obviously the spring game the red white game and then whatever usc wants to call it
0: um uh spring showcase
1: jesus okay um, it's been
0: like that for a couple of years I a few years actually I think the
1: spring showcase huh? all right um, what 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 do you see in spring ball that has you optimistic that USc could compete for a conference championship?
0: um I don't I mean I, I don't know really but like the defense looks way more vicious than it has in past years. And I think that the defensive coaching staff is probably, like, top tier. Um, I don't think Tyler o- Orlando is, like, a top tier defensive coach. I think he's a really good one. But I think that the assistance they've put around him have been awesome hires. Like, not hires that they would have made under the previous uh, regimes. Okay. But I, I think it's going to be a-, a really good defense. Uh, offense is the same pretty much other than the offensive line coach, uh, got fired and they hired a, uh, air raid guy from, uh, he was at some small school in Texas, but he used to coach with uh, Leach at Washington state and was a line uh, coach there. So I don't think that the offense really be worth a damn just cause I'm not, uh, the biggest fan of grand harem. I think he, you know, as what is it, what does it say? Potential. I think he has potential to be really good but um, i just think that the offensive line is the biggest uh question mark for a lot of people and if you don't have an offensive line and you have a qb that that's notoriously getting hurt because he gets sacked or hit in the backfield constantly it's just it's not gonna be a very good season uh on the offensive side but the defensive side is gonna be really fun to watch and i don't usually say that but i yeah i, I think the defense will be um a really good time
1: what well, do you think that arizona kid keaton slovis takes the uh next step and becomes one of the usc greats at quarterback uh so
0: i i don't really talk a lot of crap about him uh, but his his freshman year he already broke uh, a, a crap load of records and holds quite a bit thing and, and you gotta think back to a lot of the usc quarterbacks the usc is, is qbu for um, a lot of people, regardless of how you think they do in the NFL, the, what they produce at the college level is is absolutely insane. It's what they've been doing for since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Keaton Slovis to break a lot of those records is, is pretty pretty. uh, You know, it's awesome. But I I think that like I said earlier, he's injury prone, and you know sometimes you can't really blame him because if if he's getting hit by like, you know like a three hundred plus pound lineman. Uh, from his blind blindside or, or right into his face, you know it's gonna hurt if you're only you know 170, 180 pounds, if that. Um, but I I think he has you know yet again potential to uh, get back to what he had his freshman year uh, in the beginning and and make some pretty good plays. But uh, last season he looked scared and his arm didn't look too well, even though they said he wasn't injured, but. um Especially, you watch the the conference championship game with the uh, the Pac-12 against the Ducks. I don't know if you saw that, but he just did not look good. And um, at the very end of the game, instead of throwing the ball out of bounds by a good bit, he threw it pretty much to like the um, sideline and uh, got picked off right at the end. So it was just, I don't know. I I I don't know if something was going on with his psyche or if his arm was really injured. But um, apparently, he looks good. I haven't really seen much on him. Uh, but the backup QBs, though, uh, one freshman out of uh, I think he's Utah. At Utah. Yeah, uh, Jackson Dart. A, yeah, I, I, he was a. Yep, he was the uh, Gatorade Player of the of the uh, year, and he he was supposedly looked pretty good. He had some kind of wild throws in spring, but um, overall, he looked he was pretty mobile and looked pretty good. And then they've also got an also uh, another awesome QB in Miller Moss. Uh, who's more of your kind of pocket passer type guy? Um, not well, too, not too wild, but
1: how did um, yeah. how did they all look in spring ball though?
0: Um, to be honest with you, I didn't really watch the spring game. Uh, I can't remember what I was doing, but uh, from what I heard, <laughs> uh, like like I was saying, Jackson Dart and and uh, Miller Moss kind of making uh, freshman you know mm-hmm. freshman plays. So it you know it's, it's those passes where you really don't you're not gonna really want to throw them in an actual game but you know in a you know scrimmage it's it's a learning you know point so if you don't do something wrong then you're never gonna learn that it's wrong in a sense so you you're getting your first looks at um, a college level defense which is really good uh def- the defenses and <laughs> uh I think quite a bit of their players were actually injured before this spring game so it wasn't like Anything, um, like fantastic, I would say.
1: Yeah, I think, I think looking at that, that I don't conference... know that USC
0: has never really like, USC has just never really like made the spring game like a, a a spring showcase like a big thing really like during the the peak days like you know it obviously he'd let like all kinds of people out there and, and it was you know a big thing but I would say now you know over the last few years even decade it just really hasn't been anything
1: yeah i think looking at that conference though um when you start thinking about teams that can compete i think usc has a good shot unlike my squad nebraska um you know we actually have to play against real teams so um well
0: i th- i think uh usc has a really easy schedule this year when it comes to conference play um because they don't have Oregon, and I believe they don't have Washington. I'd have to look at the schedule, uh, but I know they don't have Oregon, and that seems to be their their biggest problem. That they every time they play them, they can't seem to freaking play the damn game of football. Just Play the game. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's just and then with ASU, you know, we don't know what's gonna go on with them. So they're spo- they're poised to be a really good team, but you know if they don't have a freaking coaching staff, then God knows what they're gonna turn into.
1: Yeah. I, we'll see. I think, I think when we start looking at the roster top to bottom for USC, uh, they got a lot of talent. They got a lot of, uh, a lot of way forward for them to move forward and and be a a damn good football program. Uh, But kind of switching gears here on you is, you know, you go look at Nebraska, so Unlike you, I'm a real fan, and I watched the spring game. And I don't,
0: th- I don't even think the game was aired. Honestly, like I'm not talking about Nebraska. I think the USC one. I don't think it was even aired. No, uh,
1: no, it was, it was aired. It was on the Pac-12 network. I caught a couple quarters of it, um, and like I agree with you, USC's defense looks good, uh, which would make me excited because watching the Nebraska spring game, we. Um, the first half we were really keen in on adrian martinez's accuracy seeing if he could throw the ball this year and he looked accurate omar manning looks like a boy amongst a man amongst <laughs> boys uh, that kid is huge um his junior college experience came out and yeah. you could see that omar manning was ready to play at the next level and then uh i, I always butcher this kid's name samory Turi. <laughs> um yeah, he's he's basically lining up with Omar Manning every play. Uh, another kid, six four, uh, just tall. And watching those two run routes together with Xavier Betts and Alante Brown, we finally have a wide receiver room. Adrian Martinez looked good, but then we switched it over to the second half, and uh, Marquise Step, Marvin Scott the third, and Sevian Morrison were huge, and. 54 times we ran the ball for over 300 yards. So I don't know if that's good on our run game or if that's (laughs) our defense is about to be shit. Yeah. But, (laughs) um, I mean, we have a good defensive line. Uh, we got Ty Robinson, Damian Daniels and Ben Stilley. So we have an anchor and then, um, Jojo Doman, Taylor Britt. Like we have a defense, Markel Dismuke, Deontay Williams, um, like, we have a squad ready to play defense at the Big Ten level. And then Will Honus actually hurt himself during the spring game and is more than likely not going to be ready. And he was a big, big player on our defense. Will Honus was all over the field. So, I'm excited. Like I said, top to bottom looking at my roster and uh, watching these guys in spring ball, it's like, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. But, again – it's like did our offense look so good because our defense is terrible which has been nebraska's calling card in the big 10 ever since we went there is our defense just has been able to stop these offenses or is our team ready to make that next step and looking at our schedule i could see a three and nine season and i could see a 10 and two season and that's being completely honest um anywhere in between
0: it's gonna be a a tough one for them uh it it, it's gonna be a, a uh the first few games should be, you know, that should really tell you how the season is going to go for Nebraska. Because um, after, you know, think was it play, Ohio State week five or week four?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma, we play them the fourth game of the season. We play Illinois, Fordham, Buffalo, and then Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, so I realistically, the first three games, they should be 3-0. and and if they're not, then that's going to tell you, okay, this is going to be a pretty bad season. Or maybe they just get hot at the right time.
1: Yeah. I Believe it or not, I think that Oklahoma game is going to say a lot about where Nebraska is at. We're not going to win the football game. All right, If you're a Husker fan, you listen to this podcast, I'm sorry. I promise you I'm as big of a Husker fan as you are, if not maybe a little bit bigger. But we are not beating Oklahoma. Get that thought out of your head. Definitely watch the game with some kind of optimism. See if maybe we can't make it close, or maybe pull off the miracle of the of the century. But realistically, we do not beat Oklahoma. But that game is going to tell us a lot about the future of the program because this is what you would call a turning point season. This is yeah. Scott Frost's fourth year. You know he's he's gotten all of his recruits in. And now they're not just true freshmen. These guys are sophomores. These guys are juniors. Um, There's going to be a couple true seniors uh, on this squad that were recruited by Scott Frost. So um, I think like a few, Markel Dismuke was in the uh, Mike Mike Riley era. Um, I think he's one of the only ones still left from Riley's team. So this is Scott Frost's team. You know, this is his squad. So this year is going to tell us a lot about where is Scott Frost taking us because this is his team. You have one player on here – or two. My bad. I forgot about Ben Stilley. Uh, you have two players on this squad that were recruited by someone other than Scott Frost. So watch that Oklahoma game. I think we go into that game 3-0 and or 2-1. and Maybe if we lose to Illinois or Buffalo I think are the two games I have circled of us possibly losing. I don't think we lose to Fordham. But um, – <laughs> You know we go into that we go into that game riding high a winning record and it's in i want to say it's in lincoln so let me look it's either this year or next year uh no, nope, it's in oklahoma this year so um no it is it is yeah memorial stadium oklahoma so we're on the road hostile environment playing probably one of the best quarterback in college football and Spencer Rattler. So watch out for that game to be a bloodbath, or it could be close, and all of a sudden I get on this podcast saying, holy shit, we're going to the Big Ten Championship. So I think it's yeah, going to say a lot this year.
0: It's going to be very uh, – like I said, the first three games are going to tell you what to kind of expect because last year – they was it last year or was it the year before where they played Georgia Southern or Southern Georgia and they almost lost, or did they lose? We lost,
1: and that was last year, I do believe. Yeah,
0: I think after that game, I texted you, and I was
1: like, well, that sucks. Yeah, and then last year, we played Ohio State down to the final quarter, so before they kind of opened it up, but as I remember, I was here, it was during COVID, and it was our first game of the season, and I was like, holy cow, Like we look good, and that's those are the type of games I look at, and I... I wish I could just kill myself for the thoughts that I have when I start talking about like, Hey, Nebraska football is on the way up, because I know they're just going to let me down. We're going to be four and eight or five and seven. But you know, I look at, I, I look at those games, you know what I mean? And we're playing Ohio state, we go into halftime, we're down by a touchdown and I'm like, Holy cow, like we can hang with these guys. And then, you know, they beat us by 30 and I go to bed and I'm sad and I don't know why I'm sad. And you know, even my yeah. wife's like, why are you sad? Nebraska sucks. And then I get mad at her and it turns into this. anyway. Um, it's just one of those things where, you know, I look at games like that or I look at two years ago when we were in NTC in 2018 and I snuck my phone and was able to watch the Ohio State game and we lost by two points in the horseshoe. And it's like, where, why can't we play like that every week? Because if we can play like that with Ohio State, we're talking about college football playoffs. We're talking about Big Ten championships. We're talking about Nebraska being Nebraska again. So, Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, not, I'm going to get off my soapbox here, or else I could talk for another hour about it. But um, realistically, conference outlook for the Big Ten, I think Ohio State runs away with it again. But I think...
0: Yeah, I don't think really anyone's going to touch them. But then again, last year... Uh, Illinois, or...
1: Yeah, Illinois. Uh, or not no, Illinois, Illinois, Indiana.
0: Indiana. Indiana, like, came out of nowhere. And they actually looked pretty good against Ohio State. They just need uh, kind of consistent quarterback play, but...
1: Uh, I mean, their quarterback's out of Arizona, so... You know he's going to be good. I mean, believe it or not, go look through college football. Some of the top quarterbacks in the nation right now are from the state of Arizona. Arizona is quarterback state right now. You want a good quarterback, Uh, go go to Arizona. Side
0: side note to that. uh, Actually, a lot of the talent is coming from uh, Arizona. not Not a lot of it, but a lot of talent is coming out of those areas now because a lot of people are leaving California and moving to those areas alright, this isn't a political talk show, let's not get into it. I'm not, it. I'm just saying that, like, that, that's, like <laughs> that's, like, that's, like, statistically true, that a lot of these people are moving out of, uh, the state. Well, yeah, Bryce,
1: uh, Bryce Petty, he's from Arizona, um, there's another. I'm not saying
0: that every single top recruit out of these states is from California, I'm just saying that a lot of, you know, as a whole, a lot of the talent is coming into other areas because families have moved over the years to other states, yeah. and has come to where it's at
1: yeah like uh um, <laughs> spencer rattler he came out of my old high school at pinnacle so um pinnacle he was
0: he was a douche i don't know if you ever watched his qb1 thing but he was a freaking douche
1: no yeah dude trust me i know i i'm not gonna put my sister-in-law's business out there but i know firsthand he's a giant douchebag um so it's it's one of those things where um like I said, I think Ohio State runs away with the conference. I think there will be another surprise team, and I hope it's Nebraska's year because I don't think Nebraska will be like Northwestern or Indiana where we have one good year and we fall off again. Cause...
0: I'm telling you, I, I got a lot of faith in Rutgers. I, I'm going to keep freaking tooting that horn until Shiana leaves.
1: Oh, my God. Rutgers, the only reason Rutgers had that incredible year is because they played in a shit conference. Now they're playing, not only are they playing in the Big Ten, but they're playing in the Big Ten East. Where the real team No, I'm saying at.
0: last year wasn't really even that bad for records. I think they did better last year under him in his first year than they did the year before that with the coach that got fired. Dude,
1: they're not even. They're not gonna post a winning record. I'll, dude, I like Charles Barkley said. I guarantee it. They will not post <laughs> a winning record. Okay, I, there, they won't. Okay, they I might mean, win. No. Oh, you can have all the faith if you <laughs> want in them, bro. There's still people. There, there's people out there that believe the world is flat, and they guarantee it too. So, um. You uh, you have fun with that faith, but anyway, man, I think um, I think this is a good point. Wrap it up here. Um, just one last question, and then we'll uh, we'll do our sign off. All time, from the time they began to the time to right now, who's your favorite all-time USC football player? Oh man! Um, yep, put you on the spot. Come on, you got twenty seconds.
0: I'd probably say Rich Bush.
1: Rich Bush. Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. Okay, I was like, Rich Bush, who the fuck? Reggie Bush,
0: huh? Just because, like, when I was starting – well, when I started becoming a fan of USC, it was still Carson Palmer and uh, Troy Palamalu were kind of the big names and Mike Williams and all that. Well, I don't know. I'd say Reggie Bush and then uh, Mike Williams is a close second just because he was, like, one of the best receivers I've ever watched um, ever – and, and my time of, of watching uh, college football. And and he would have broke uh, even more records at USC or held more records at USC had he played his uh, senior year.
1: All right. Well, since you're not going to ask you? yeah, there it is. I was about to say, since you're not going to ask me, I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, my favorite all-time player always and forever will be Brooke Beringer. Backup quarterback, 94, 95. Uh, Probably one of the best armed talents Nebraska ever saw. His life was tragically taken in '96, right before the NFL draft. Um, but I think I I, heard about that guy. Yeah. I think, I think if he would have made it to the NFL, if he would have not died in the plane crash and went to the NFL draft, he would have been up there. He would have been starting for some team. Um, and he would have been more of a household name. But yeah, Brooke Beringer, obviously. Um, I've known a few Huskers that I've played personally, um, like Ben Lester. I knew him. I actually grew up with the kid. Uh, Matt Davison was from my little small town. He's uh, still a big fixture in the University of Nebraska. But um, he was from my little small town. I actually had a personal relationship with him. Got to hang out with Eric Crouch a few times. But, yeah, 100% Brooke Berenger, my favorite uh, Husker of all time. So. Anyway, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, uh, you can reach us at pretty much any any social media platform out there at any given Saturday CFB Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, the only thing we don't have a Snapchat because Snapchat ruins marriages. Uh, and you can read it, reach us on email. Well, at- I don't think we
0: really need a Snapchat. I don't think we do anything <laughs> that's, that, that's really Snapchat worthy. You're not
1: gonna. You no, know, I'd probably just get drunk and post titty pictures on there. So. You know what? I might make one. We might get a couple more followers. It might be creepy, but we'll get them.
0: You just uh, got to post them out yourself?
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> you can reach us on, uh, shoot us a line at any given Saturday CFB at com. And um, as always, we're very responsive to our social media. Hit us up. And um, as football season winds up, expect more weekly podcasts to be coming out next week. Uh will be another new episode. We'll be dropping. And, uh, Stay tuned to our Facebook for what that will be covering. And as always, go Big Red.
0: Fight on.